Putting, 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 kings, kings, kings online, online, online. Putting Kings Online, a podcast exploring the process of designing online learning courses from the team which creates them. I'm your host, Rachel Wall, and in each episode of Putting Kings Online, I'll be talking to my colleagues about their roles here at King's College London within the online and professional executive education team. We'll be delving into the processes of creating online courses, from ideation to delivery, inclusive design, accessibility, and where we stand in the wider online learning community. So today's guest in the hot seat is part of the Kings Online media team who shares a similar job title and slightly similar role to mine, but on the video side. Joining me today to discuss all things to do with video editing is George. Great to have you on the podcast, George. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. Can you describe what a video editor does in our team? What are your day-to-day tasks? What does a typical week look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, we as editors are an integral part of the media team. And as the job role would suggest, we focus primarily on the post-production aspect of uh, all the content um, that is produced. Um, And that's everything from uh, ingesting footage to compiling the clips together to make the edit. And then everything uh, of what we like to call the online edit, which includes stuff like motion graphics, color grading, uh, audio work and branding. And that's primarily our day to day as well, focusing just on the editing aspect. But back in the good old days, pre-COVID, when you could actually film, myself and Fernando, the other editor, we would alternate uh, helping out on shoots. And that'd be both on location and in the studio. Um, And that'd be everything from you know, with the setup, with the lighting, audio connectivity, and then making notes as well on each take uh, to help us when it comes to the actual editing itself. So some very, very technical things that you mentioned there that I'm not sure everybody would 100% know. So when you talk about things like colour grading and stuff like that, what does that actually entail? (laughs) Yes, I I do realise it is very specialised. So yeah, I mean, when you talk about stuff like uh, colour grading, that is... I mean, for those who may be familiar with uh, photography or, you know, Instagram is also a good example for color. It's pretty much trying to alternate and improve the quality of the image. And that's done by changing the contrast, the exposure of the image, and just trying to bring it to life, essentially. Because when we film in any capacity, obviously the raw footage is just the most plain example of of what we actually create. And so in order to be able to enhance that, we try and use a variety of software to just pretty much enhance the image uh, to make it more of a finalized project. So really making it pop, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, like I mentioned with the other online editing aspects, you know, the graphics as well, these are all additional sides to editing, which like you said, you know, in terms of making it pop, it's, yeah, exactly. It's trying to make it as interesting and engaging for the audience as possible. So I guess for anybody outside of the team or for anyone unfamiliar with the components of online courses, I guess many people would think about the video editor job title as something that they would see in film credits, for example. If and how does your role at Kings Online and in OPE differ 
in the context of online learning versus those sort of more traditional video production settings that most people would know of? Well, I mean, it's from a personal perspective, it's very much an ambition of mine to be involved in film and TV industry going forward. So I'd certainly like to think there are similarities. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, there. you know, the more obvious similarities would probably be the software that we use. Um, so working with Kings, we are given the Adobe package to work with. Uh, and that's everything. That's Premiere, Photoshop, uh, Audition, you know, pretty much focusing on a, a variety of different things when it comes to editing, uh, both the image and the audio, like I mentioned. And, you know, you'll often find that that is very much industry standard in film, especially now. Other aspects that are similar would probably be the relationship that we have as editors with other members of the team, primarily the video producers or directors. Um, because you're, it's very much a, a back and forth between the two of us and, or whoever it is in the team because, you know, it's a whole load of ideas coming together uh, and you have to be prepared as an editor to work towards other people's expectations as, mu as much as your own. You know, in terms of differences, I mean, like you mentioned, the most obvious one would probably be the content. At the end of the day, we are making educational videos and our target audience is students. So as much as we have to engage them visually um, and making sure that there are no distractions, you know, nothing jarring with, you know, the actual video itself, we have to make sure that it's as clear as possible. And the message that's been put across is going to be adhered to by the students and they're going to thrive upon what we actually create. And that's something that, you know, as far as differences goes, that's probably one that you have to be mindful of as an editor because you can get carried away. You can think, you know, what if I have a, an image or you know, a text scrolling through at this point? But you've got to be careful that you don't distract from what is being said or what is being taught. So yeah, definitely content is a difference. Um, and then I suppose ultimately, more specifically as an editor, we are a team within a team. So you don't often find many post houses or production teams that are as immediately connected to another team as much as we are so obviously we're working with a variety of different people within OPE and you know it's fantastic for us because it enables us to get a really broad sense of what it is we're creating um, but that's certainly not from what I've experienced certainly not the uh, most standardized aspects of this industry. Yeah, just picking up on what you were saying about kind of the the teamwork aspect and being a team within the team I'm I guess I'm just wondering how much you think that this sort of role and the type of work that we produce has changed in the amount of time that you've been with Kings Online or OPE? Oh, massively. Yeah, huge difference. I mean, I've been working with Kings now for, oh, geez, nearly the best part of five years. Um, and in that time, we have grown not just, you know, in a more literal sense in terms of the numbers of employees, in terms of our environment, you know, we've, we've really pushed as a media team uh, to have a more professional setup that sort of suits our way of working. Um, and that was obviously came into fruition at the start of 2020 when we were able to have a purpose-built studio and editing suite in a, a new area uh, that King's already owned. Um, and you compare that, you know, to where we were when I first started and it was, you know, it went from being an office environment to studio environment. And that is a huge step up, really. Um, and I think it's no surprise that the quality of work has kind of gone along with the transition. Um, and I think, you know, when you have a new setup like that, I think attitudes sort of automatically change as well. I think you, you're already going to get, have quite a positive team ethos, but that's only going to be enhanced when you can have, you know, an environment that people can thrive in. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, other aspects that have changed, I think people's job roles have, have been slightly more streamlined. And therefore, I think the workflow within those job roles has become more streamlined as well, creating a more clear outline for everyone. So, yeah, absolutely a huge evolution of our team. Yeah, I think I've definitely seen a lot of that change as well from when I first started taking over the audio to where it is now. It's definitely a massive improvement. And I think what's really nice about the wider team, but also just the media team as it stands today is the fact that we are all specialists in our field and everyone is so skilled and talented. It's so hard to kind of get that across how much attention to detail like really goes into even the smallest one minute long video clip. There's so much work that goes into that, that it's a real testament to how much the team has grown over the years. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's certainly an aspect of when you're working either in audio like yourself or just editing in general, you do find that the skill set gets more, probably broadened is probably the best way of putting it because, you know, when I first started, it, it was very much a case of just uh, receiving footage, just churning it out and then putting it on on a platform for students. And now you find that, you know, naturally expectations are, are changed because we realize that we can push it, push things further because of the, the equipment that we own. And, you know, pretty much just the, the challenges that we set for ourselves as well. We, we really do try and push to make sure that we are constantly improving each year. And I think that is kind of what sets us aside as an online team is because we have so many specialized employees now, you know, looking at not just us as a team, but in the wider sense as well, when, you know, you have the LVDs as well when it comes to graphics. You know, the the collaboration that we're now really pushing for as well is also making sure that our videos are hitting new levels each each time as well. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it, it is specialized <laughs> and it can be certainly when you're filming someone, you know, externally, I, I, you're absolutely right. It does take a little bit of, you know, of a discussion for them to realize exactly what it is we're trying to achieve. But it that's all part of the process of of filming and that's certainly something that we as a team are, are thriving on as well. Just thinking about something that you said earlier about color grading and comparing that to Instagram, how important is video content in online learning when you think about how much video content people are used to absorbing in their day-to-day -day lives, you know, not only in the film and TV programs that they watch, but on social media platforms? Do you think that there is that much more of an expectation for that type of quality that we're now kind of pushing towards producing? Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at uh, the, the stats of how many people are viewing content on their phones as well, a lot of things are on the go. So you have to make sure that you are, you know, being in the mindset of the student or whoever it is that's watching the videos, you have to make sure that, that the content matches their expectations as well. Um, and I think you're absolutely right, you know, across the board now video content is vitally important obviously we're in a situation currently where i don't think you could have more of a, a clamor for videos because <laughs> you know people are subjected to just being able to uh, view things online so yeah you know again that's that's a very good point you know that that's something that we as a team we don't really take for granted how important our role has become within kings um, and I think in terms of university setup as well, we're, we're trying to make sure that we set ourselves apart from other unis um, and trying to be as innovative and unique as possible with what we create. And I think that is certainly appreciated by students and, and lecturers alike. And yeah, I think in terms of 
us prioritizing high quality content above everything else. I think that is really starting to resonate with, with our audience, so to speak. We've talked a lot in previous episodes about the importance of the UX research that we've done with our students and really trying to understand the type of content that they really enjoy, I guess, from a learning perspective in terms of like reducing cognitive load, video and media elements really help to cut through purely text-based learning. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for something that looks pretty and is, you know, really pleasing on the eye, but it is it is vitally important and very functional as well. Yeah, um, certainly. And I think being a student myself, I certainly appreciated having the ability of, of actually having something I could watch back to um, and just kind of dissecting something that isn't just simply having to highlight words in a book, which, uh, you know, so you know, it, it is one of those things where different students will adapt to different ways of learning. But I think because we've now created a high level of work on our platform, I think it certainly encouraged students to partake in, in you know, the, their studies a little bit more. They're able to view stuff back if they don't actually have to be in the lectures and, and writing down notes every single time they can actually go back to something that's already been pre-recorded um, and they can appreciate that as a separate thing as well yeah definitely having that ability to have a bit more control over your environment and your timeline is so important I just wanted to talk a little bit about your background so how did you end up working in an online learning environment yes of course I mean, for a personal perspective, I can probably track my interest in the field at sort of the end of school time when I was tasked with making a music video with one of my best mates. And uh, that gave me exposure to all aspects of production. And it just so happened that for me, editing was the most satisfying and more fulfilling part of the job. And then so from there, I decided to study editing and post-production at Ravensbourne University, which is as specialized as it sounds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, did work experience for a number of companies, BT Sports, The Look, which is a color grading company, you know, pretty much just getting as much exposure as soon as possible um, and trying to learn the field as well as I can. And then within about two or three months after finishing university, I, I was asked by Kings Online if, if I'd be interested in being an editor for them on a temporary basis. And at the age that I was at, being asked to be an editor straight away was something I just simply had to accept. You know, it's, I suppose it's quite rare to go into editing so soon after studying. And I just, I just love the idea that I'd have that responsibility straight away. And then, yeah, you know, like you said, being in an online environment, um, you soon realize that you're not just working with people within your industry, you're, you're working across a huge variety of people, you know, a real diverse setup as a team. And again, that was something I just, I just loved. I just really liked the idea that, you know, my first proper role as an editor was going to be working with the whole team. And yeah, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it was a temporary at, at first, but within the year I became full time. Um, and in that time, you know, the, the team has, has gone such a long way. So it's, it's been a real positive start for me um, in my career, that has to be said. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the stranger things that have happened to people is getting something straight out of uni, especially in any sort of media production roles like this. It is almost unheard of, isn't it, really? Yeah, uh, and I think that was, at first, it was quite a daunting prospect. And uh, all of a sudden, 
you know, there was only me, one other editor, and then I think there was only two video producers at the time. So we were a team of four. So naturally, the amount of work that was coming through, it was, at, when I first started, it was a bit of a all hands on deck <laughs> kind of kind of setup, um, which was a little bit overwhelming. But, you know, it, it, I suppose that's something, you know, within this industry is that you are constantly being challenged anyway. So you do find yourself really thriving, you know, and learning new aspects of, of the role and, and really improving your skill set as well. But yeah, you're right. It, it is rare, I think. I think being a runner is certainly the, uh, the slightly more familiar route. You kind of go from a runner and then it's a, an assistant and then you're looking at being an editor from there. It's very much a ladder hierarchy setup, which is something I did experience whilst I was doing those jobs, like I said, when I was at uni. Um, and I, I have to say the idea of being an editor straight away and avoiding making teas and coffees was, um, yeah, so like I said, something I just had to jump into. But I think, yeah, you know, in terms of yourself as an audio editor as well, I think it is a bit daunting to be the one responsible for that kind of work. Um, but I think it's fair to say that it's, it's something that we all definitely pride ourselves on as well. So what sort of advice do you think you would give someone who is interested, perhaps a school leave or someone who's just studied transitioning into media production, but in an online learning environment? Well, first of all, I think... Being as open-minded as possible helps. So absolutely keeping every door open. Even if you are an editor or you're focusing on audio or you're a color grader or whatever, the idea of you know exposing yourselves to the actual shoots themselves and both in terms of studio or location um, and just being really open to learn as well. There's absolutely no end to how much you can take from this industry. Um, and in terms of turning it into, a, you know, more specific with online as well, you know, I suppose, it, again, it's just making sure you're, you're flexible to other people's way of working. You know, we do have a set workflow as a team um, because that's really important for us to be able to take on projects that we weren't necessarily assigned to. Um, so, you, you know, just pretty much being as, as flexible as possible in terms of approaching the work um, and approaching the team ethos as well. Try and make sure that you listen as much as possible as well. Don't be stubborn, <laughs> which I can be. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately it can be a very tense environment when there's a lot of deadlines coming up, but it ultimately the team lends itself to it being a very enjoyable setup as well. So um, I would massively recommend uh, being involved within this team to the maximum, really. Yeah, it's a very inclusive environment, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we all have our specialities and we all have our areas and our little teams within our teams. But I think the nature of the way that we work so collaboratively all together, you just kind of end up picking up on elements of what every other person's role is and how all of those different parts come together to create that final product. To me, I think is quite rare. I haven't really experienced that in other roles that I've been in. Yeah, and I think because we now have a setup within the media team where we have two video producers, a senior video producer, a media manager, um, you know, Fernando, the, our other editor, has got that bit more experience than me, so he's very much focused on color grading. And before you know it, you are totally learning off some of the best in, in their field. And, um, you know, that's something that certainly I take inspiration from, um, and it's really pushed me to you know, try and take my personal work to the next level as well and try and match the expectations of the rest of the team. And as you mentioned, you know, yourself being so heavily involved in audio, that's we've now got ourselves a team where we can really focus on virtually every aspect of, of production. 
And, um, you know, that's certainly something on an individual basis that I really thrive upon as well. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is it is certainly one of those things where as a team, we we have grown so much now that I think, you know, we've also tried to make sure that the rest of OPE are slightly more familiar with our work as well. And that's something that we're continuing to do, making sure that the collaboration sticks as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's certainly an environment that I have really, you know, got a huge amount of pride in being involved with. So we all work on some interesting topics. Um, and I guess I was wondering if there's any projects that you've worked on where there's been something unique or interesting about that that's really stood out to you or any weird and wonderful facts that has just sort of stuck with you? God, that's a good question. I mean, in terms of the amount of effort that the whole team put into it, and it turns out I didn't really do much editing with this project, but the forensic MOOC has to be one of the standouts <laughs> simply because we were spending, you know, the early hours of the morning on, uh, you know, on a so-called beach near Canary Wharf. Um, and that was pretty much, I was really trying to experiment with different genres. You know, at the time that, you know, we were looking at working with actors and creating scenarios that would again, take our work to the next level. Um, and I just remember that being a mammoth of a project. Uh, Georg, the video producer who was leading that was an absolute hero. I have no idea how we managed to cobble it all together. Um, but that was very much a team effort. We even had people from the wider parts of Kings Online been involved in that. So that was huge. Um, in terms of more editing, I think, um, wow, there's been so many. I think in terms of one where I remember myself and Dan, the senior video producer we're involved in, uh, was global finance and banking work, which does sound quite... I think the most polite way is probably saying it's quite dry. It can, it can, the content isn't that uh, experimental. So between the two of us, we had to find a way of, of making sure that the students were going to be engaged as possible. So that's when I, uh, uh, well, both of us decided that we were going to look at using um, what's called kinetic typography, which is a, a really fancy way of, of saying making words come onto a screen. So that was a, a real process that, again, I was new to, but I really thrived on. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I, those are the two that stick out straight away, but there have been so many um, and for such a variety of reasons. Um, and I think, again, the content that keeps coming through does lend itself to towards trying new ways of working. So I can only assume uh, in the next few months and however long we're going to, you know, I'll be able to give you a new answer to that question. Awesome. Yeah, I think I remember the forensics MOOC in the production phases. I think I just started at Kings Online and I remember it being kind of this massive military operation where people were kind of being grabbed out of the office every couple of hours and to film something or to stand in this place to do something. So yeah, I've never seen it, but I, I remember it being quite a big deal. Yeah, uh, it was one of those things where all of a sudden, because I, I don't live in London, so all of a sudden I was asked if I could get to Canary Wharf for uh, something like, I don't know, it was like half six or seven in the morning, because we, we had to match the uh, start time of our shoot to when uh, the shore had, had disappeared and we were able to actually film on the beach. And, you know, once the tide had actually disappeared. And so, I, you know, you end up getting yourself up at about half four or five in the morning just bracing yourself for this massive, you know, like you said, almost military style shoot, <laughs> which, uh, 
You know, I think it, the outcome was exactly what we wanted, um, and I, you know, it, it's it's certainly um, a huge go-to for us to show uh, SMEs, clients, the, the wider team. Um, you know, we've got a couple of showreels now, and loads of those clips make it into it. So it's just testament to you know perseverance and hard work, really. And you're absolutely right that we did have to try and cobble as many of the Kings Online team to get involved as possible. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy to think that was nearly three years ago now, but uh, it certainly made us realise just how far we could take our work as a team, I think. Well, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. Thank you, Rachel. It's a pleasure being involved. You've been listening to Putting Kings Online. Subscribe, rate and share us wherever you get your podcasts. Putting Kings Online is hosted, produced and edited by me, Rachel Wall, and is a production brought to you by the online and professional executive education team here at King's College London.